Hello, everybody, and welcome back to That Milan Podcast. I'm Martino Puccio, Matt Santangelo, alongside you guys on Boxing Day. Um, if you haven't already, subscribe to the channel, That Milan Podcast, on Apple and Spotify. Um, it's been a lot of great support. Uh, I know we haven't been able to upload and do too much as of late. Um, it's a very busy time of the year for the both of us. Um, but yeah, we're here for this week, so we're going to bring you a lot of topics, obviously with the title being about Milan being sold. But we'll get into all of that very soon. Santangelo, how are you? Um, initial thoughts after that match against Salernitana. Um, not initial thoughts, but your thoughts overall. Um, first off, on a more joyful note, Merry Christmas, late Christmas to everybody. Um, hope you guys had a great holiday. Maybe you got some good, you know, Milan-related gifts. That'd be pretty cool. Maybe you guys can share in the chat, um, on the comments side. I know we're not live, yeah. but uh, share in the comments down below what kind of gifts you got that are Milan-related. Um, but just quick reactions to, um, yeah, the the most recent match. I mean, it's just it's kind of been it doesn't phase me anymore. I think people have been in the position that I am in where you're just kind of unmoved you know, by some of the results that we've been getting or not, not getting, shall I say. And look, I mean, at the end of the day, these are, these are matches you have to win. These are matches you have to win. And this team can't put together any semblance of form. They can't put together a string or a decent stretch of good results. Um, it like doesn't five in a be, row. Yeah, yeah it, it does, well, it doesn't even have to be five in a row. I mean, there's going to be moments where you, you know, um, you know, you succumb to a good team and a team kind of shows up, you know, like a Bologna or, you know, certain teams that are kind of on the rise and you can kind of tolerate those. But when yeah. you look at certain matches on the fixture list, when the season comes, you know, the season schedule comes out, you're circling the ones where like, win, win, win. these got to be wins. If you're a serious yep. team, I don't care how you get them. And people will say anything they want about Juventus or Inter, you know, with these matches. The fact of the matter is you can't really point to singular matches where Juventus and Inter haven't took care of business against the teams they should take care of. And yep. if they're not taking care of those teams, they're very, very rarely dropping points. Milan are in positions now where if they're winning game, it's barely, it's ugly. And then when they're not getting results, it's pretty you know, you can kind of sense that's what the result's going to be. And the Udinese game early in the year and this game. I mean, those are two results there that, you know. When you I, know I think game, I think there I think there's been more. I think well, no, 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 no. there has. But I think there's it's just when you when you go down to this down down the stretch of the season. Right. And, you know, assuming we're still in that conversation for top four. These are the matches, these are the fixtures that you look to and say, man, like you really couldn't get results against these two teams. And if you miss out on a point or two, which we're seeing how we're seeing how tight it is, we're seeing how difficult the top four chase is going to be. Bologna are in the fourth, Fiorentina are a team that are doing some damage. And even the game against, you know, Roma Napoli, I thought Napoli were going to find a way to get a result because of everything going on with Roma. And Roma went 2-0. So I, I think this is going to go Apple. down to the very end of the season. And I think it's going to be one of those things where Milan might be kicking themselves, looking back at some of these opponents saying, man, like you got to beat a Salernitana, you got to beat Udinese. And they're right. They're right now not doing it. It's a real big concern heading into the new year. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. Um, there are so many results to like on paper, right? If you take your emotion out of it and look at yeah. some of them, um, and you don't see how the match unfolds, very similar to what Dortmund was like in that match um, on the road in the Champions League, where you see Lecce 2-2 Milan, you're like, oh, that's not that's that's not great. Um, and, but then you remember it's a 2-0 lead blown 
It's Napoli away to the Maradona, 2-2 draw, but it was a 2-0 lead blown. Then you look to Salernitana, who were absolutely abysmal, awful, one of the worst sides I've seen in Serie A this year. I Like, worse than Udinese, okay? One nothing lead, another blown one, right? And then they have to come back. It's it's mental lapses from the players that you can't have them having mental lapses against. I love Mike Magnon. I do think he deserves to get paid an enormous amount of money for how great he's been. That's, That's a, a shockingly team. poor moment from him yeah. in a match that they absolutely need him in. And he's playing down in some of these matches. You even look at the one against Genoa as well, getting a really risky red card um, that, that hurt the team. I think he's on his day. He's still terrific. And he's shown that, but there's been a lot more glaring errors this season from him. Um, but if you just kind of look at it overall, you get frustrated because if you pick up two more points against Lecce, um, you even get the draw against Atalanta, right? We're talking about like they couldn't even hold on to that lead. They lose in stoppage time. It's just a brutal way these results end up for Milan. And the, 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 the more annoying part for me is this. They're still comfortably in third. If you really look down the rest of the list oh, in the no. league, you kind of say to yourself, oh, my God. And, and this is what you were alluding to and what we've been saying all the time is like, what if you just didn't blow some of these leads? What if you just say, forget the Napoli one, right? Two more points against Lecce, two more points against Salernitana. You get the draw against Santalanta. You're talking about at least five more points overall there. You you greatly separate yourself from the rest of the pack when it comes to top four. I know there's I a top even five. But Martino, like this isn't even me talking about the Atalanta game because in that game. No, I know, but I'm game. saying like there's just so many. Like but it's just it's, how they're doing it. It's it's exactly. And I think this was some, this is, a, I'm a firm believer and I've always been a firm believer in this, that. The teams that are going to do anything in a given year with their objectives, whether it be their team that is in relegation mode and they're saying, hey, we're newly promoted. We're trying to jump into the middle, middle of the table or survive relegation. You have to be able to, in some ways, win ugly. There's yeah. going to be matches where you play really well. There's going to be matches where you dominate dominate the opponent. Then there's going to be matches where I look back to the Scudetto winning season. I, can't, I hate to keep harping on that, but it's, it's worth noting and it's very clear to me that we've had more talent on this team, at least in my view, coming oh, into right. a season than we did in that season. But there was something different about the way we approached some of these bogey opponents and even some of these provincial and bottom of the table teams. We were less fragile. We were even in these gritty moments where we were, you know, credit to Salernitana because they they really were showing that they're not they're not afraid of Milan. They know Milan could be beaten. They're, they know Milan are fragile. They know they have injuries. It's well documented. So what did they do? They were you know, you can see what they were trying to do with Rafa, right? They were like, you know, pulling at him and not chopping him down a little bit, not in, in a way that there was maybe going to get a yellow or red card, but they were getting physical. They were like saying, like, we're going to give you a couple punches. We're not going to back, but we have nothing to lose. We need a result here. They're going to go for it. And I saw that Milan could have lost that game. That's another game where they could have lost the Lecce game. They were up 2-0, 2-2. They probably should have lost that game. And even the Atalanta game, they deserve to lose. They don't even deserve to tie. Wasn't Lecce the one where Teo got stepped on and they did actually score the winner and they called it back because they it, were even, there was there was one there was one shot off the post from Lecce too. There was some yeah. heroics and goal from Mike Magnon in that game. Yeah. So like even in the matches where that you feel like they're playing good football, can you point to aside pre pre international break ahead of that derby? Right, because we on Milan were in first yeah. place. They entered the break and then they played Inter, and that's yeah. essentially where things kind of started to you know trickle trickle down and spiral. Right? Yeah. Can you point to a single stretch of games where you've been like, Milan have played good football? It's always been they played good today when we do our reactions, or 
they played poorly, they got a result, a draw, or they lost. There hasn't been a stretch of matches where you're like, you know what, they're not playing great, but they're finding ways to get results. And again, I'm I'm an easy person, Martin. You know, this is my my rant here, but like I'm an easy person to please. I just want to win. And I think people we get lost on the whole. Oh, we want to play good football, and we want to do this, and we want things for the player comps. I just want to get wins because I understand how dire the situation is with injuries. You're real. You're a realistic, a realist, a realist, and so am I. I understand that the problem's a, a big problem right now, but you have to find a way to navigate it. There's. I, I always try to go back to this question: Is there enough in the squad on a given match day to beat the opponent? Against Lecce, one hundred percent. Against Salernitana, 100%. Against Udinese, Udinese, 100%. If you have a down team against a Napoli and Inter, some of these other more you know, superior, my view, opponents on, on their day right now, based on how they're playing, maybe maybe not Napoli. Napoli are you know, no, juggling no, managers. Napoli's off. But you can stomach it when you're not like, man, we don't have anybody. We're injured. We're, we got battered. Right? Yeah. But it's just the way the season has gone. And this draw to Salernitana is one of those those results where I look and I'm thinking, like, the these are the ones that come back to absolutely kill you in the end if yeah. Milan were somehow, you know, missing out on top four or top five. And and that was that was probably the more frustrating part was how well they started the year too. Um, I think we could also just get into the defense as well. Um there's 30 injuries on the season. If you really wanted to count Simone Kier with 31, um, this would have been, you know, because he had some dizziness, he came out of the game, right? It, it was obviously a physical issue that prevented him from playing. So I might as well count it as an injury. That's 31. Um, they scored like, they have 33 points on the season in Serie A. They have almost more injuries than points, okay? Do you realize how dire that is? There's nobody that's been held, held accountable for this. Tomori, who was just quoted saying like he's happy that he hasn't been injured, goes out for two months now. Um, he was the player of the season. I don't care what anyone tells me. You can say Pulisic, Leal, both of the two inconsistent and not on the same level as Fick has been this entire season where he may be put in one to two bad shifts uh, in matches throughout this year, right? Obviously the Roma match and probably just Inter. Um, other than that, Tamori's been a staple uh, for this team. He's been one of the best center backs in Serie A. I, I think it's really devastating for him. He got on the score sheet in this game again. He's actually been really productive in that regard. Um, just to see that happen, Kier, even if he is on the pitch, still nowhere near the same player he was at his peak and pre-ACL injury. Um, Pellegrino, I mean, Simic coming in, I, I thought he's been fine when he given the opportunity, but you can't really rip him too much. Okay. You don't have Kalulu. You don't have Chow. Now, the, the recalling of Gabia, which we'll bring up in a second here, is, is the ideal situation for the club. But Tamori out for two months is a huge spell. Going in to the match against Sassuolo now, who have always been a bogey team for Milan, and especially this time of the year where they're able to, to pick apart a team like this, you're hearing that Kier has been training. Pellegrino also came back in training as well. Um, the absence of Tamori is going to be so great. Um, you only hope he comes back in time for Europa League. But this is this is a really dire time because now it starts to get scary because at least at certain points you were like, OK, we still have Tomori back there. And, and we've, we've seen how awful they've been defensively regardless. Now it's probably going to get worse. Um, Tomori out for two months. Speak on that. And then we'll hop into Gabia and your thoughts on his relatively quick return um, from Villarreal. You know, it's interesting, too, right, because I think we, you know, we went. We we seem to with this team. I mean, they 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 
injuries can sometimes come in waves where you yeah. might have one or two players go down. And then as those two players come back, two other players go down. Um, we just got Rafa back recently. He was out for a decent amount of time. Um, he hasn't been the same type of player this year. Finishing is still lacking. All the other sorts of things that we've noticed from Rafa where we're staying, he's still a phenomenal player and I'm happy to have him. But he, again, you can kind of see that he's not the same player he was in the Scudetto winning season. And even last year where he had, I think, his best statistical year in Serie A when it comes to goal contributions, right? So you get him back. You get some of these other guys back. Ojovic starts to kind of play well. So you get him going. The attack looks good. You get Benacer back. And now here goes Fikao Tomori. Right. He goes down. Right. It's just it's it's we can I don't think we're ever going to have a moment this season where we're able to have 85 percent of our team, 80 percent of our team. You're never going to have a fully healthy team, probably at any point, which is why the dominant teams of Europe stress the importance of going on the market and building a strong second team to rotate with for that reason. Mm -hmm. But Milan haven't gotten there. They've, they added depth and we, we felt that they had the most depth um, this coming into this season than they had in any re recent year, but it's, it's, I don't care who you have. We have players that we brought in that didn't really come in with injury records. And now they're flying, like they're coming, they're flying off the shelf. They're just, there goes another one. Yeah, there goes another one. Has and it's fatigue. not even Martino. It's not even like day to day or he's missing a game. It's like, yeah. this guy's out for two months. And of course the year where we don't have an international or we don't have a winter break, right? We're yeah. last year was game a after game. Correct. This weekend we have another game. It's it's next man up. It's like Pellegrino, Simich, and Kayer. There's your three center backs yep. against a team that likes to attack. So that's the another frustrating thing about it is that I know injuries happen. It's sports. We've seen it so many times. But it's just like we can't get at least a smidge of of games where we have, you know. Benacer, Loftus Cheek, your your best defense, your best attack. At any point, maybe the first couple games, Martino, that you could point to, we haven't been able to enjoy or see fully what this team assembled by Forlani, Moncada, and Redbird in the summer can do. We haven't been able to see really it it take shape. And and okay, through seven, eight games, 15, 20 games, like full Milan, they're right there. I i I'm a firm believer if we're healthy, I think. People are going to have their, their issues with Paoli all aside. I think we're a team that would be right there, maybe two, three, four points off the Scudetto if we were healthy. If we're healthy, I think we're there. I think right now it's gone. But I think it's just it's just a frustrating thing because, you know, we, we can't even see out what this project would be because we can't stay healthy. And Tamori being out just to kind of tied back on to him. I agree with you. He's been our most important player for a lot of the simple facts that – we haven't been able to have a steady back line. We haven't been able to have a steady midfield. And, you know, this was a player that alongside Pierre Kululu, we leaned on so heavily in that Scudetto winning season. Down the stretch, clean sheets, games where we were up, we were winning 1-0 or 2-1, and we really need to get really strong defensive performances. Fikayo was a rock, and people came into the season, and, you know, they like to highlight maybe the matches where he doesn't have his best. And they take those games and they sort of say, see, look, he ain't this type of player. But there's no denying how important he's been. You, the goal contributions, you yes. But more so the leadership, more so, more so being a, a, a defender that's really galvanized this entire back line. And it has a trickle-down effect because you think that if you're an attacker or you're in the midfield, 
you have to score three to four goals just to win games. And you have to be able to win games in certain fashions. And right now, you and I would agree, and every Milanisti would, Milanisti would agree, that we don't feel that we're in a position where we can score enough goals to win games 3-4-0 or 4-2-4-3. But we're also not in a position where we can defend tight games. Exhibit A against Salernitana. Lecce, right? No lead is safe with us. And when you can't find a formula in a, sh a stretch of games that you can lean on and say, hey, you know, we're not quite clicking up yeah. front. Rafa's not playing his best, but man, our defense is nails. Or you know what? Our defense is not playing its best. It's a little banged up right now. Guys are tired, but man, Chuk and Pulisic and everyone is clicking on, on firing on all cylinders. So we don't know what type of way we can go at teams or what type of game plan we can have. And then when you throw in, <laughs> throw in the fact that if Pioli doing what he's doing and how he's week to week with his job, I just find it sort of poetic in a way where yeah. he's, his job is under consideration. And of course it's Sassuolo, the team that Max Allegri got absolutely hammered with. And then he got fired. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That, well, that's a, that's a, that's one. There's a shocking one that there was a comment from Barbara Berlusconi in, in the press conference after the Sassuolo match. I, it's hard to actually find that image of Allegri, but Allegri's face looked like he saw a ghost when he found out about how his job was on the line after that. Um, and I believe he got sacked. Like he didn't get sacked immediately, but it was like the day or two after. Um, but again, um, the quickest solution possible that makes me feel eh about some of these matches is Matteo Gabbia returning um, on loan from Villarreal. I have the stats below on just minutes played. Um, those 13 matches were across all competitions in which Gabbia got that. He was featuring more so and getting more consistent minutes in the Europa League. Mm -hmm. Um where he was doing okay, Marcelino didn't really find him to be of value. He never really solidified himself at a starting position. He's still relatively young and inexperienced as a center back. So going to a brand new league, we know how long it takes to kind of adapt to that style of football and everything that goes in with that. So it seems like it was a decent loan, but already that's more minutes, Matt, than he had all of last season. So at least there's some seasoning there for him. Um this is a low-cost move. Doesn't cost Milan pretty much anything at this point. They just get back a player that they loaned out. Um, again, he's shown flashes in the past, um, but some really weak moments as well. Um, your thoughts on Gabia basically returning um, as a Band-Aid solution until other center backs return? Well, it's not even so much with just getting guys back. It's From what I'm reading, it's in addition to Gabia, they're still going to try to get another center back. So yeah, yeah. Gabby, they're basically trying to spread it out where they can fill multiple areas without having to lay out the money because we know the budget is probably going to be a little bit more limited. Um, I know there was, you know, talks that they're I mean, that the spillover, the carryover from last, you know, summer market into this market, they have some money to play with because of Taremi deal that didn't. You hear, you hear a striker as the third option, two yeah. center backs and a striker is well, what the I think it and could then be one Miranda. Yeah, yeah, Miranda, Gabia, another center back, and then probably a striker. Like the four guys is would probably be what I would expect. Again, who knows? Which would be because great, I think, honestly. It, I think it would be fine. Um, I just look at Gabia coming back, and I think it's more so just it makes more sense. Not so much that it's oh we're getting him back. Like this is a good addition. It's a body that knows the league. He knows the system. He knows the coaches. So it's not going to really be one of those. Hey, we have to integrate him slowly, like a Pellegrino type, where he's brand new to a culture, brand new to a style of play. You can put Gabia in after maybe a couple weeks, and he could start games for you if you really need him to. I'm not saying he's going to be a great performer, um, although I think you know him having more experience in minutes, as you just mentioned, is is good. 
Um, he needs to have that experience. And maybe it's, uh, you know, a, a second lease on life. He comes back to Milan. And he says, hey, you know, I'm getting a starting opportunity now. I have something to prove. And if it means I can carve out a role going forward at Milan for next season, then so be it. But maybe it's somewhere I say, hey, you know what? I, I can prove that I can play in Serie A for a pretty good club. Maybe he goes somewhere else and it's it's an audition like that. So um, I'm not against it. I think, again, from like a financial standpoint, too, it just makes sense. But also from an integration standpoint, um, it's seamless. Um, it's Again, it's just one of those things where I, I start to kind of look at the defenders and I'm thinking to myself, like, this was kind of one of the reasons why I was so mean you were shared in our opinions of I kind of don't want to do Europa League because – it's just another skit fixture on the list that we might have to sacrifice like key guys for. And who's next? It's not a matter of if it's when, unfortunately, who's next. Is it Teo? Is it Calabria? Who is it? So it's, and not to mention Florenzi is going to be getting a steady dose of minutes and, and considering his injury history, like he's going to be filling in at left back probably this weekend, right? Before we get into the Sassuolo stuff, but it's basically you're going to be looking at uh, Calabria, Kier, probably Teo at the, at the left center back position again, and then probably Florenzi at left back. There's no one else you could really trust against a, a really good offensive side like Sassuolo that will always try scoring. and score. Um, so again, like that's, there's that difficulty involved in that. Um, but, but we'll see there, there, there really going to be no excuses with that. Any final thoughts on, on the Gabia stuff, or you're ready to move on to the big topic that everybody's been let's, waiting for? Yeah. Let's, let's talk to us all because. Oh, uh, well, that's it. That's not the big topic. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, it's the, the title of the episode. We'll put Sassuolo to the end. Yeah, We're not yeah. going to do that to you guys. Um, yeah. So put it this way, right. We'll, we'll go into this side of things. Um, Basically, Milan were sold to Jerry Cardinal and Redbird where they took over in September of 2022, right? The agreement was in place basically right after Milan won the Scudetto, um, where Investcorp was one of the final um, bidders uh, along with Redbird. Redbird was the better deal all along for Elliott because it's payments that are going to be going around $1.2 billion that directly goes into their pocket. They also get to keep a board seat with Gordon Singer, who's been there, and you've obviously still seen him at matches after the fact. Um, and again, it wasn't just the straight-up money. The, the part of the payment that Cardinale has to make is a 550 million euro vendor loan that needs to be paid back by the end of 2025, and that loan came from none other than Elliot. So obviously with that, Elliot has done two times now of ownership groups where they're loaning them money that they're running Milan currently at this point in time where they have to pay back a loan. Otherwise, Elliot uh, retake control. But with that, there have been strong rumors of an Arab investment fund that is related to the Saudi investment fund, PIF, which also owns Newcastle. So with that, they're basically saying that they're willing to pay this loan in 2024 for Jerry Cardinal, and that would eventually lead to the official overall takeover of Milan. So again, if that were to happen, Five owners from 2017, Silvio Berlusconi, Yong Hong Lee, Elliot, Redbird, and then it would be PIF, which is just incredibly unprecedented, um, especially for a club of this size. Mm -hmm. uh, Matt, I don't know if this is going to happen. The report came from Republica. We're going to put the link in the description of the video. Sempre Milan did a great job of uh, translating this article. I'll say this. This is not shocking to me. I think a, a, a fund like Redbird and Elliot always trying to maximize their profits yeah. and get the most money possible. This is a way that they do that. Um, and again, 
um, who knows what the price will be that um, PIF will be paying. I think it'll be north of the 1.2 billion euro that Milan would be costing. Um, and especially if this stadium gets approved and across the line, the value of the club only continues to rise. Uh, again, this kind of makes sense for everybody involved in this. Elliot get more money. Jerry and Redbird seemingly flip another asset, something if you've paid attention to what they've done in the past, um, would come to as no surprise. But with that, um, do you think this actually happens in 2024? Um, I'm not completely sold. This is just really one source with this. Um, it wouldn't surprise me within the next two to three years, especially with foundation being broken into a new stadium, that Milan would be sold again. I do think without a, a doubt, they're going to be sold within the next couple of years. Um, did not see it happening as soon as 2024. Your thoughts on this? I think the stadium is the, actual, the biggest, most crucial part in this whole thing. I really do, because I think that's that's a vehicle for making money. And I think if, you know, there's, there's based on a lot of the, you know, uh, interviews, quotes from Jerry and a lot of the things, you know, at the time of the acquisition um, and even up until this point, it seems like the stadium is such a, such a huge focus and they've been wanting this for such a long time. And I think there's something about Jerry where, you know, you can call it American arrogance, whatever people might frame it as. I think he sees it as, hey, if I can get a stadium and I know no one in this league, and I say no one, not saying literally anybody, no one could get one because we have a couple clubs in Serie A that have their own stadium, but most of them are government owned. If he can find a way to get this stadium, you know, a, a project approved and he could be the one to do it. For one, there is that sort of, hey, I did this. The books look good. I can sell it a high deal and they got a lot of assets on this team. Um, and then this, the second thing is, you know, there's, th there's no better time than now to be able to sell them. Like realistically, like a, you don't want the team to be in a position where you're losing some of its top players. You look up and down the roster when it's healthy, it's a very strong competitive team that just came off a semifinal in the champions league. You have the books that, that they've been the, the best position they've been in years you know, uh, yeah, is, since 2006, the first time making a profit. 2006, yeah. right? Like yeah. this is the best financial position Milan have been. But on top of that, it's not coming. It's not like it's coming at the cost or sacrifice of good uh, sporting results and a sporting sure. project. It's not nearly the same thing when Milan had to sell Tiago Silva and Ibrahimovic no, to kind no, of help no. with the books. You're getting a competitive, pretty strong team that is competing in the Champions League, not anymore, but that did this year with the assets, with the books. If you get a project, I mean, that's very appealing. I think that's what Jerry might say. Let, let's 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 dip this. Let's, let's get out. Let's take our money. And they go into a different venture. And that's typically what they do. They, they own Toulouse too. Toulouse, however you want to say it. Um, but Jerry has his hands yeah. and Redbird has have their hands in a lot of different ventures and a lot of different things. And I think the, the one thing about investments is knowing when to buy, but also knowing when to sell and take your take your your, your profits. And I yep. think if the right offer comes about, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me this slice. But I think um, the stadium yeah. is. And, the key and again, me. it's all opportunistic, like you were saying. Um, again, he's not some, but he had to raise money with investors to get people very much similar to to other groups. You know, Elliot is a, is a massive hedge fund, so obviously they handle so yep. many more people's money, um, and they have a lot more money. Jerry's kind of been more respected businessman, um, especially this side of America. Um, again, it's a totally different structure 
And again, I think this opens the door to what you were just saying with the semifinal and the semifinal. I just, the only thing positive, I don't know, that I took away emotionally positive from that was just Paolo Maldini's interview prior to that first leg where he's just talking about pushing the club in another direction that's more ambition-driven um, rather than, you know, flipping for profit and being in the green. And I know that's very important, and that's something I always talk about and we always talk about. Um, you can't lose sight of that because that's what kind of put Milan into the position it was at the start of the 2010s. But I do think, however, with changes coming to FFP, with that, that agreement with UEFA, um, you know, things can change with that. Thank PIF you. is legit. Um, Listen, we could talk about morals and all that stuff on, on another day, but you know, I'm not one to really do that. I don't think there's a lot of ethical people to stand behind here, especially considering what Elliot have done in their past and what our owner was and Silvio Berlusconi. So again, mm -hmm. I, I'm not really going to be here and pointing fingers on stuff that in, in general, I'm ignorant on, but we do know this. Um, PIF will invest. They will invest heavily if that would be the case. Um, you, you don't really see someone coming in there uh, running them the same exact way, uh, especially when it's funded by by the Saudis. Um, we've seen that financial power that they have flexed. With Milan, um, I think you immediately would see a wage increase in, in a lot of what players are getting paid. I don't think you have to think about, oh, well, Milan have to make top four in order to extend yeah. Mike Magnac, right? Like where so many different things hinge on extensions. Like if Milan didn't make it that far in the Champions League last year, how many extensions do they really get across the line? We don't know. It could have been actually less. We don't even know if Rafael Leao is even on yeah. the team this year. Um, with that, I think a lot of that goes away as far as like appointing the right people as sporting directors. Haven't really liked some of the links. I saw Leonardo in one of them, but yeah. we'll see. Um, I ultimately would wait. Um, I don't think this will happen in 2024, but again, when that loan is due and if there is an offer that Jerry and Elliot really like, and it's really coming down to Jerry in this because he's the one who needs to pay the loan back to Elliot. Um, it really depends on how he views it. Like you said, again, that stadium is everything that you need to be watching your eyes on. Um, and something that we will all have our eyes on this weekend is Stefano Pioli in the hot seat against Sassuolo. Um, I have no idea why this comes down to one match for a manager that is in an injury crisis with center backs. Not honestly the best and most fair time to judge a manager when he doesn't have players. I do think he also has a hand in protecting his guys in this training staff that have done a really, really, really poor job of getting players prepped. Like you mentioned, how many times do we have to see guys, you know, if it's a game or a couple of days, these guys have to sit out for weeks. Um, and it's been really frustrating. It's a record amount of injuries. This isn't lucky anymore. There's statistics and data to back this up. Mm -hmm. And also because of the simple fact, it's not fucking happening to anyone else. Okay? Playing no, on the I same got to get that out of the way. The pitches, right? They're playing on the same field. I know a lot of the Serie A fields are, my goodness. You know, I saw Fikao Tomori celebrate and he, he saw, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well down. That's like, almost two consecutive players on the past two Okafor, right? for Milan getting hurt on injuries, like, uh, as injury celebrations. And again, with that, it's like people like think we're kind of like making excuses for Milan. No, we're frustrated. We're angry with the club. We're, we we really want them to put themselves in a direction in which this doesn't have to be a topic of conversation. I'd rather just talk about the team not being good enough on a certain day instead of so many exterior factors as to why their performance is dropping. Um, again, I just don't find it normal. We had Saj on for that um, 
to discuss and we showed that chart of players and there's been only more player injuries since then. Um, do you think it's fair though, that this would be the do or die match for Pioli? Do, do we actually like truly believe, believe that it? it is in fact the do or die I match? I don't, I don't, I don't either. I don't, I think that's the media because I think the media good, bad, or indifferent, they're always going to use a story to sell papers, to sell, to get clicks. They did it in Milan's banter era. They would, they would, you know, the bad, they would really highlight the bad. The good, they would ride the coattails. Rafael superstar player. Can he be a Ballon d'Or win? Like they, it's just, it's media, right? It's, it's, yep. it's the way it is. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if Milan lost this game. Pioli's still safe. They're going to reassess because they're still top four. Technically, at that point, they could still be top four maybe, right? And I said this from the beginning, as soon as Milan started the free fall, and I'm going to say it again. As long as he kind of still sneaks a couple of results here and there and they're top four, he ain't getting fired. He ain't getting right. fired. He didn't get fired after the Champions League bowing out. He didn't get fired after that. You right. have until February, I believe, the first week or two of February for the Europa League. So I think he has maybe essentially uh, yeah. a month, right? If results are absolutely dreadful and we like go and we start down the table, then it's a yeah. different conversation. But I always said Pioli's gonna find a way. It may not be great looking. It might be casualties in the in in the in the act. They're gonna find a way to get some results. It you told us and you told everybody here, and we looked at the table. Milan are still top four, mm. right? Milan are still top four despite all this. <laughs> they don't feel like it. It does not feel like it at all. No. So as long as Milan are still in that conversation for top four, they might get some guys back. Malik Chow might come back soon and maybe four or five weeks, whatever it is. You get some of these guys back. They start winning games here and there. 26, 27 matches in. Oh, they're still top four. Well, then you're not going to make a coaching change there because you need to secure top four at all costs. So he's in that – I think he, his job, in my view, is safe. Now, whether I think he is, could get sacked after a bad result, potential bad result here, or will get sacked, is a whole other conversation. I think this is more of a, hey, we need to just find a way to navigate this these treacherous waters throughout the season. Yeah. And then summer, thank you, off you go. Unless things get absolutely again. Like. I mean, there is, I, I, I don't even, I think he'll make it to this stretch, but if, if quickly I'll just bring up what March 30th to May 5th looks like. Fiorentina, Lecce, Sassuolo, Inter, Juve, and Genoa. So like even after the big matches, you're like, oh my God, it's Genoa. Then they have Napoli after Genoa, right? No, we have Napoli um, February 11th. No. So the, ske the schedules flip. flip. Remember, they're yeah. not as the same as they used to be. But I agree with you. I don't think that Pioli is on that. I, I agree with this. Yeah. Same thing Bonetti always says, and I think many others that are realistic about the situation is they're not going to sack a manager when they can't find the immediate replacement, and they're not going to be bringing in Antonio Conte in the middle of the season when he already told Napoli no. And Milan are not going to be paying a manager north of 8 million euro to bring him in and just complain about how they only have to bring back players on loan in January, or a guy like Juan Miranda for one to two million euros. He won't be. He won't, up, Conte won't be the, the coach of, I'm saying it right now. Conte won't be the coach of AC Milan. No, 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 no. not at all. No, I think it, it's it, and, and put it, and put it this way, and put it this way. Whether you get a new training staff in there or not, I don't know if this team. I don't. I don't know if we have the facilities here to withstand Antonio Conte's training regimen. Because the fact of the matter is, 
if these guys are getting injured under Stefano Pioli's training regimen, the way they're doing things, granted, he'd probably get a new staff, right? New coach would get a new yeah, staff. Yeah, yeah. My goodness. I would be, I mean, to be, to be, be on fair, edge. I know, I know, I know. But to be fair, Pintos is, would be an amazing trainer um, who's back at Real Madrid. Um, but any, anyways, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but the two big names that consistently pop up are Deserbi and uh, Thiago Motta. Um, but anyways, mm-hmm. s- speaking of Deserbi, his former club, Sassuolo, um, this club, I can't find more annoying <laughs> the past 15 years. Um, they're just always there. Um, even, even after the three nil defeat and uh, victory in their house to seal the Scudetto, they still bother me very much. Um, and that's a testament to how competitive they've been for such a small club for many years now in Serie A. And they continue to be a nuisance, the Robin Hood of Serie A, taking points from the rich and giving them back to the poor, uh, the relegation sides. Um, there is no better fitting name for, uh, or nickname for a club right now. But anyways, um, terrifying, as we mentioned, that center back crisis. Um, but Matt, honestly, no excuses. One, you have to continue to start that attacking trident that was up there. I know people like maybe Juan Jovic in there, um, Giroud and inconsistency, but there, he's gotten eight days off. Okay. If Giroud isn't good enough after eight days off, then you might as well not extend him for next year. Okay. Um, I think Jovic coming on a little bit earlier than usual would be a great move because mm-hmm. I think Jovic has been in form and he deserves that. Keep that midfield three of Reinders, Benacer, and Loftus-Cheek with Pulisic and Leal opposite of each other. We talked about the uh, the back four that is probably likely at this point with Calabria, Kier, Teo, and then Florencia left back. Is this good enough to beat Sassuolo, or are you just still scared of them and think that they're going to just probably take a result from Milan? It's 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 enough to beat Sassuolo. It is. Um I don't think right now, though, it's a matter of whether it's enough. I think this team is – I really struggle to understand what type of approach we're going to have in a match against any team. Again, like we might come out and play – look look at the Newcastle game, though. Uh, An yeah. absolute dreadful first half, playing like we really – our Champions League hopes weren't on the line when they were. Second half, a night and day different team. The game against PSG. The, one of the best performances we've played in the Champions League since we probably returned to the Champions yeah. League a couple years yep. ago. Easy, yep. maybe the best game, maybe the best win. Uh, definitely in the group stage. In a one-off yeah. game. Easy. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then we follow it up with an absolute stinker. If it's not injuries, it's poor play. If it's not poor play, it's your star guys who you know and lean on to be star guys to deliver top performances – Commit fatal errors and get cards, or they don't play the same way they should oh, be playing. Monza, Monza, you know, Mike Mignon. Mignon. Of course, Mike Mignon's per- he's perfect. Mike mm. Martino, he's been perfect. He's been near near perfect for us in a in a crisis. Same thing with Fakao Tomori, right? Of course, of course, he has to get beaten near post by Antonio Kendreva, a former Inter player. Of course, he does, right? Of course. And it's Fakao Tomori gets a goal. Of course, he has to go out injured, right? So. I just right now. I just really assume the worst in matches. I just don't <laughs> feel confident that we're going to get anything. Right. We might get a couple players that play well and do certain things, but as a collective, this team is fragile. This team has shown that they can't get a stronghold on certain matches. There's there's matches where you might win tight on the scoreline, but you're in complete command and control of the game. And I, people will like say, "Well, oh, you only beat them one zero. Yeah, but you know what? I've had, I've seen, you've seen Milan matches where they create most of the chances, they get their one goal, 
And man, there's that that team has no shot scoring on them defensively. They're rock solid. Yeah. The midfield, the game is controlled. It's basically midfield. that entire stretch towards the end of this. Cuvette, exactly. No, they they clean sheets, controlling the game. Milan, one nil. Yeah. Milan don't control games beyond being able to defend, beyond being able to do anything in a in a given department really well. There's they don't have that sense of calmness and confidence to say we got our one goal we're going to defend we're going to keep our shape we're going to run the game in the midfield and we're going to win this game 1-0 we're not going to give too much we're not going to risk guys going forward we're going to we're going to keep the game in front of us and we're going to see this one out and get get command they lack command and in a match like this against a team that you know does like to get out there on the break they're similar in a way to atalanta where they might give up two but they'll score three or four no problem sasuolo have those guys they have those runners of course they have barardi this guy has been doing this for a decade now in this in in sasuolo at in Serie A, and he's a guy that i'm probably going to put if i'm being brutally honest with you i'm probably going to put any time goal scorer on this if it's not a penalty it's a regular goal because why not he did it against Allegri, he got him fired, and this guy scores goals. He's a great Serie A player. I just don't yeah. feel confident that Milan's defense is going to be able to you know, keep Sassuolo in check and prevent chances. We have to be perfect top to bottom. And with the way this team is constructed, the way we're coaching right now, and the way we're playing, we I just don't have that confidence. I don't have the confidence. I'm not saying loss. I'm giving my prediction. They're probably going to draw, and it's going to be a barely a draw, in my opinion. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm not confident in it. And I think like, again, perfect microcosm was, you know, like you said, Newcastle win, um, on the road in a do or die situation, play fantastic from minute one against Monza. And you're like, okay, there's that proper mentality. And then flat against Salernitana. And Martino, how do they play? Let me, let me ask you this. Cause there's been conversations. There's been rumors and all those sorts of things about, you know, questioning, What's what's it like in the changing room? Has he lost the players? Knowing what, what's been spewed out into the media or by the media as this being the match that could define his his job and could be yeah. the last match for him. Do you think the players are gonna come out there and deliver an inspiring performance and say, you know what, Pioli's our guy, we're backing our guy, we're gonna come out there, we're gonna give us a two or three zero win, three, one win. I don't know. I'm not saying that they have an agenda against him, but I no. think it's gonna say a lot about the team and about where these players are that knowing what's kind of going on and surrounding their coach, how do they show up? How do they show and, up? And, 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 you know, that's even the sadder part too, because it's on them. It's a reflection of themselves. If you come out with no energy, and, and this is why people loved the Scudetto winning team so much, or even the team that finished behind Inter, right? I think was a lot more enjoyable than what this is. And there's an energy to it. You have to, you have to act. Like every single game is your last one and you're trying to win a final. Um, I don't ever understand that mentality outside of the fact that, hey, maybe some guys are tired at the end of the day. But you know what? When it comes to matches like this and you know what it takes to be champions, you would know that you can't take certain matches off. And I think it would be incredibly disappointing and ironic that Pioli's tenure at Milan manager would end against the side that he had the highest of his highs as a manager in his yeah. career. Um, I, I think I think losing out to Sassuolo and kind of getting sacked, I think it's just really distasteful to a positive tenure overall as a manager of Milan, um, given the circumstances 
And if you understood where their club was at a certain situation, I'm not here to bash the manager. Um, I think he's flawed. And I think, unfortunately, his time has ended with the club. And I think that's going to happen this coming summer regardless. And, and that's okay because five years is a good run. Um, making the Champions League almost every single year is a good run. Um, to to bring that Scudetto for the first time in 10-plus years is a good run. All right? Um, there's still a lot to play for. And I think if people and players on this team could just simply look at how Rafa reacted after getting eliminated in the Champions League and how Milan have never won the Europa League. And I'm not saying they're going to win Europa League. But just stick to that mentality that there are still things to win, okay? There is a Coppa Italia that you could win. You could salvage some of this, okay? I think if you come in with that proper mentality, regardless of these injuries, I think that bodes well for when you do have guys return. Because it's just about holding the line right now. Mm-hmm. If Milan could possibly do that, then that would be great news. Um, I do think they actually win this one in spite of all that. I just think there's too much backs against the wall. I do think there's going to be goals. Don't get me wrong. Still don't love the defense. But Sassuolo can't defend either. So they're going to have to prove that. Um, Rafael Leao needs to wake up. He usually plays great against Sassuolo. Um, I thought he was a little very poor against Salernitana, even though I do think he created that first goal despite some people not wanting to give him credit for that. That was his cross mm-hmm. that he sent in that ended up being finished by Tamori. But anyways, I think Milan win uh, two to one. I could see a three, two win as well. Um, again. Yeah. I don't think this is the end of Pioli. Any other final thoughts before we head out here? Um, we've obviously appreciated everybody's uh, support, but uh, yeah, go ahead and uh, plug some of the stuff. Yeah. Uh, Twitter. It's been on the bottom at Matt underscore Santangelo. Um, obviously as Martino always usually Leave it to him to do. Uh, follow us, um, our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, like, subscribe, all yep. that good stuff on YouTube. Um, we're doing really well. Got a great community here. I know this is a difficult time, um, but, you know, this is, again, this is a great fan base, great community we got here. So we do appreciate what, what you guys are doing and what you guys are bringing to this podcast in the comments. We do read them. Um, I go into every video. I see, like, three actions, and I see, you know, what type of – New comments you guys are leaving. So thank you guys so much. And yeah, let's, let's, it starts with one. It starts with one. I don't leave this. It starts with one. It's not about, you know, can we get top four? It's about, can we win Europa League? It's let's win this weekend. Let's win this weekend. Let's build. Let's build on the positive note and, you know, the year on a positive note. And, you know, look, this last year at this point, you know, at the beginning of this year, excuse me, we were falling. This was the downfall against Roma. To be up two goals late, yeah. we blew it, right? That was the very beginning of 2023. We're ending very poorly in 2023. We can we can fix that. Let's let's start something. It starts with one game. Get a result and we move on. Yep. Um, like Matt said, we appreciate all of your help um, and support. Martino Puccio everywhere. Finally got the verification on Instagram. So thank God. Nice. So hopefully we get more and more followers over there. Um, we really appreciate all the support that you guys give us. We'll try and get a clip or two from this one. I've just been super busy with work. I'm going to be away this weekend, so I won't be able to do anything post-match-wise for Sassuolo. So this is what you guys have. Unfortunately, our guest that we have planned has been way too busy himself. So hopefully in the future we can get him um, within the next week or two. But we really, really, really do appreciate all the support. Um, And also more midweek podcasts should hopefully be coming back with my schedule changing up just a little bit. So there's some more positive news there. Again, um, we probably won't see you guys till the new year. So happy new year as well. Um, God bless all of you. And uh, we hope that you enjoy your time with your families and friends. 
Um, and hopefully uh, Milan uh, finish out the year with a nice win against Sassuolo. Um, and then it's Coppa Italia against Cagliari. Um, I believe Ranieri is still the manager over there. So that's going to be such an annoying one. But listen, listen, on the positive side of things, if you really just want to keep positive, all I am saying is there is a window to make that Coppa Italia final. And when you make a final, anything can happen. Um, just want to leave it at that. Otherwise, um, thank you guys so much. We'll thank see you guys. next time.